You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. We are here to discuss Bridesmaids, which came out 10 years ago in 2011. I'm engaged. Oh my God. He asked me last night. What is happening? So will you be my maid of honor? Of course I will. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. No, just whatever. Throw the bachelorette party. Yeah. Shower and... What are we doing for the bachelorette party? What about like a princess theme? Versace meets the gold rush. I'm thinking tanned gentlemen that swallow fire and wear sarongs. Female fight club. We grease up. Surprise! Beat the crap out of her. I don't hate it. It was directed by Paul Feig. It stars Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Rose Byrne, Wendy McClendon-Covey, Ellie Kemper, and Melissa McCarthy. The genre would be wedding comedy. Did this really come out over 10 years ago? Because I remember seeing Bridesmaids opening night pretty vividly. It's a great audience film. And the crowd was just eating up everything that Melissa McCarthy was dishing out. You could just tell that she was about to become a big star. And Melissa McCarthy is not even the real star of this movie. That would be Kristen Wiig. She genuinely shines in this too as the main character, Annie. She's not only very funny, but she takes this character to some pretty unlikable places, and yet you still find yourself feeling for her and rooting for her throughout the movie. Her back-and-forth scenes with Rose Byrne's Helen are pretty much the comic highlights of the movie, especially that engagement party toast standoff. It means you are a part of me, a part that I could never live without, and I hope and I pray that I never have to. Kapkunka. 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 Kap. And that's it for tonight. Thank you for coming. Really quick. Thank you all for coming. I just wanted to say really Dessert quick. Dessert wine is out. <laughs> Consuelo? Really quick. Speaking of Consuelo, Lillian and I took Spanish together in school. And so I would just like to say to you and to everyone here, gracias para vivar en la casa, en las escuelas, en el azul, now, it's fairly obvious from the get-go that this scene was driven by improv, and on paper, it just feels like it could devolve into your typical Judd Apatow-like riff fest, which goes on for way too long and has nothing to do with the rest of the story. And just for context, Judd Apatow has written and directed films like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, which are funny films and good films too, but they just go on too long sometimes, and sometimes they're victims of too much improv dragging them out. But that wasn't the case here. Despite this being a very funny sequence, and really, Kristen Wiig's look on her face when she's following Byrne's remark that she can communicate with just a facial expression, when, when Wig basically gives her that face, it's priceless. It's a very nicely executed, character-driven scene. You could see how deeply threatened and competitive both of these women are for the affections of Maya Rudolph's Lillian. And Maya Rudolph is also very good in this movie as well. She's pretty much the straight man of the story, but she has some nicely timed comic moments as well. And this sequence pretty much sets up the rest of the movie for their relationship and how their relationship will devolve. And that's mainly what the film is about, amidst all of the bawdy humor. It's about friendship. Annie is scared of losing her friendship with Lillian, and for good reason, because Helen, 
played by Rose Byrne, of course. She makes every possible overture to demonstrate that she wants Lillian only for herself. And that's because Helen herself doesn't really have any other friends. So what basically drives this plot is an ongoing grudge match between two insecure women who really just want friends in their lives. And who can't relate to that? Bridesmaids never lose a sight of that, especially in a later scene where Melissa McCarthy's Megan basically just lays it all out to Lillian. There is genuine emotion behind all of this, but that never keeps it from being funny. I got firecrackers thrown at my head. They called me a freak. Do you think I let that break me? Think I went home to my mommy crying, oh, I don't have any friends. Oh, Megan doesn't have any friends. No, I did not. You know what I did? I pulled myself up. I studied really hard. I read every book in the library. And now I work for the government. I have the highest possible security clearance. Don't repeat that. I won't. I can't protect you. I know where all the nukes are and I know the codes. I won't say anything. You would be amazed. A lot of shopping malls. Don't repeat that. I have six houses. I bought an 18-wheeler a couple months ago just because I could. Okay? You lost Lillian. You got another best friend sitting right in front of you if you'd notice. Huh? And of course, there is one obligatory gross-out sequence, which never really worked for me. You know the sequence. I'm not going to get too deep into it. Except for watching how Rose Byrne and Kristen Wiig, they kind of face off in the background of it. But... I could do without that sequence. I'm not one for gross-out humor. Well, at least that kind of gross-out humor. And the film also probably goes on for about 10 to 15 minutes too long. But overall, this film, Bridesmaids, is just a comic gem. And it's aged pretty damn well. I can remember when it first came out that it was being hyped as the female hangover. And in retrospect, that was pretty faint praise because this film is way superior and much funnier than The Hangover ever was. And that brings us to the categories. The first category is Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. Now, in one of those rare moments when Feig, Paul Feig, the director, allows the tone of this film to get just a little bit serious, we watch as Kristen Wiig's Annie briefly revisits her joy of baking by meticulously crafting a beautiful flower cupcake. She is preparing this cupcake as a gift for Lillian, her best friend. And we see the pride on her face as it all comes nicely together before deciding that she's just going to eat it herself out of insecurity, and the scene ends with a slightly disappointed look on Wig's face in a nice moment of subtle acting. Now, playing over this whole scene, which has no dialogue, is the lovely, wispy song, Paper Bag, from Fiona Apple. And that sad moment at the end of the scene, it's punctuated by a horn solo that you hear at the end of the song. It's perfect. Yes, I know, I know, that 90s pop smash Hold On by Wilson Phillips being performed by Wilson Phillips at the end of the movie. That's probably the consensus choice for needle drops for this category for this movie. I get it. It's a great scene, and I love that scene too. But for best overall needle drop in the film, the use of paper bag in that moment, it's just used perfectly, and it nails the tone that the film is going for. Hunger hurts, and I want them so bad Next category, that would be Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. If I'm being honest, 
nobody is really wasted during this film. And for good reason, because there's a lot of talent, and Feig, the director, gives them all a chance to shine. They all have at least one notable scene. Notable players like Rebel Wilson, who plays Wig's roommate. Uh, the late, great comedian Franklin Ajay is Lillian's father. John Hamm, in a very funny acid turn, as Kristen Wiig's casual partner, who just cannot resist the urge to constantly remind her of the casual nature of their relationship. There's a fun cameo from Terry Crews as a personal trainer. There's that VP guy from The Office who plays Rose Byrne's husband. Really, everyone is given a few moments to shine. I think that's part of what kind of adds to the overlong runtime for this film. It's almost as if Feig might have done better, actually, to tighten the film up a bit. So it almost becomes an excess of talent for the film. So really, no one's wasted. That brings us to the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this film. If you're going to sell this film to somebody, this is what you show them. And for me, the trailer moment has to be the airplane sequence. The airplane sequence, when our four main female characters, the bridesmaids, if you will, and of course the bride, they're all on the plane flying to Vegas. This is probably the comic high point of the movie, and for good reason. We get to see all of them interact while still keeping the focus on Annie's insecurity and her extreme fear of flying. There's some fun cutting back and forth among some of our characters, including McCarthy shamelessly flirting with the air marshal on board, who she's sitting next to. And by the way, that, that air marshal, he's played by Melissa McCarthy's real-life husband, Ben Falcone. But the best part of this whole sequence is watching Annie, who now becomes doped up on way too many Valium, which were all given to her by Helen, played by Rose Byrne, she starts stumbling around into first class, making trouble, and inciting the ire of flight attendants who are trying to prevent her from sneaking there, where the rest of her friends are sitting. Just hearing Kristen Wiig drift from her half-assed Ethel Merman impression into exaggerating Rose Byrne's wispy, affected voice, it's pretty killer. And that's your trailer moment. Hey, buddy. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. I feel I'm so much more relaxed. Thank you, Helen. I just feel like... I'm excited, and I feel relaxed, and I'm ready to party with the best of them, and I'm gonna go down to the river. <laughs> wow, it looks like somebody's really relaxing now. Yeah, wow. What are you guys talking about up here? We are, um... We're going to a restaurant tonight. I know the owner, yeah. so it's just you having... Do. That brings us to the next category, and that would be MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. For me, the MVP is Kristen Wiig. She gives a genuinely engaging three-dimensional performance as a woman who is clearly hitting rock bottom in her life throughout most of the film. And like I said, shit gets pretty dark for her character as she seems to lose everything mostly resulting from several acts of self-sabotage, which admittedly are generally pretty funny to watch. Yes, Kristen Wiig improvs and she riffs a lot, using all of the comedic tools that she utilized so well all of those years on Saturday Night Live, no doubt. And this definitely comes through in several scenes, especially those playing against Rose Byrne or Maya Rudolph. It's too bad Lillian couldn't play with us today. Poor thing, she's so busy. Oh, I know. But yeah, she's not really that into sports. Even when we were little, she didn't like anything that was too competitive. Oh, well, she certainly enjoys playing tennis now. <laughs> it's funny how people change, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do people really change? Mm, I think they do. Yeah, but I mean, they still stay who they are, pretty much. I think we change all the time. I think we 
stay the same, but grow, I guess, a little bit. I think if you're growing, then you're changing. But I mean, we're changing from who we are, which we always stay as. Not really. I don't think so. I think so. I don't. <laughs> but beyond those humorous exchanges, Wig subtly shows us the emotion of someone who is clearly terrified of being alone, yet also struggling to take care of even herself before she can really deal with other people as adults. Kristen Wiig's performance elevates this film beyond simple comedy, and Bridesmaids just simply does not work without her. That makes her the MVP. And that brings me to my overall rating for this film. I would rate Bridesmaids four stars out of five. I believe this film still holds up as one of the best comedies of the past decade, and I would highly recommend it. It's R-rated, so there's a lot of scatological humor, so it might not be for kids or family audiences, but it remains a very funny, relationship-based comedy. And you can catch it on the Peacock streaming service. Check it out, of course. And that ends another engaging review. Please subscribe to the Living for the Cinema podcast. Follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.